0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is possible to triumph over every test and trial that comes in our life. Win, win, win. I didn't say it was always easy, but it's possible. If you won't give up, if you won't quit, isn't it written? He always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. So uh say it out loud, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I win every time. I win every time. If you might say, well, well I don't know about that, Brother Keith. Well, it's not over. Right? You 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 don't give up, you don't quit, you don't concede defeat. You say, no, I'm I triumph. I win. And you'll find That the Lord has a way of doing things beyond what you even thought and even some things that you look at and thought that looked like, it felt like a defeat at the time. Yeah, but it's not over. It's not over and as long as there's life and breath, the Lord can do amazing things. He can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around and do something good out of it. Hmm? In spite of what the enemy intended. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with come into the class with us. Father, we all reach out in faith, agreeing is touching this, asking for anointing and direction and guidance. Open our eyes. Help us to see things out of your word that we haven't seen before and how to walk it and do it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go please to Mark 10 again in our study of this 19th individual account of healing, the healing of blind Uh, Bartimaeus. Beginning in verse 46 of Mark 10, Mark 10, 46, it says, when they came to Jericho, he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, So if you look at the phrases, the implication is that they, they scolded him repeatedly, not just once or twice. So I don't know how many times they told him to shut up and to be quiet. And I don't know how many times he cried out because it said the more they did that, the more he did this. <laughs> and there are times in our life we need to realize the enemy is trying to suppress us, the enemy is trying to silence us. And when you sense the enemy is trying to do something in your life, you do not give in to that. You you do the other thing all the more, right? I mean, if the enemy is trying to get you to quit praying, what do you do? We're going to do more praying now. Is that right? If he's trying to get you to be mean to people and not walk in love, what do we do now? We're going to be nicer than we've ever been. Is that right? This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Just make up your mind. No, I'm not letting him shut me down. I'm not letting him quench me, silence me. And so he did it uh, all the more. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort, rise. He called you. Do you notice three times it mentions call? And this is in response to Bartimaeus' calling. The the word crying out could be translated shout. But it was also a calling to Jesus. Didn't the scripture say, Draw near to him, what'll happen? He'll draw near to you. you. And so, Bartimaeus initiated his healing. Class, are you all awake? Bartimaeus initiated it. What if he hadn't cried out? What if he hadn't called? Would he have been healed anyway? No, that would be presumptuous to say so. And, you know, the Lord handpicked these accounts and the words are inspired, every one, by the Holy Spirit. And so it's important that we don't allow the enemy to twist stuff up and, and cause us to think it happened in a different way than it did. Because the enemy is always trying to confuse the issues and hide the answer from us. The answer is faith. And the man's faith moved him to call out. Call out. And when he did, Jesus heard not just a a call from the side of the road. He heard faith. Do you believe he heard faith? There was something in the tone. Of that. For one thing, it's very respectful. Son of David. That's the language for the Messiah. You didn't call just, as a Jewish person, you didn't call just anybody the Son of David. This is so respectful. Son of David. And then the next phrase, have mercy on me. That means he. What did Jesus hear in that? He believes that I can minister to Him. He believes I can do this. Mercy means He doesn't believe He deserves it, but He believes I can do it for Him. He doesn't believe He's earned it, but He believes I'm kind. He believes I'm good. Right? Did He hear faith in all these things? He heard faith. We know He did because at the end, Jesus said, Your faith has done this for you, So we know there was faith in what he, the, the blind man said and what he did, how he responded. But we should not imagine that he would have been healed anyway if he hadn't called out. He had to call. He had to reach out with his faith. When Jesus is passing by, Miracle power is available. The answer is available. Right? Restoration of sight is possible. It's available. But it doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. But here he cries out. He calls for it. All oh, the psalmist said, deep calls to deep. It's a different cry. You know, just like we studied with the woman with the issue of Blood. She pressed through the crowd and touched Jesus' garment. And he stopped and stood still, just like here. He stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples were amazed. They said, well, Lord, you got people touching you on every side. What do you mean? Well, who knows who was hollering and crying as the crowd was going down the street. I don't know. All kinds of stuff is probably going on. But this, uh, this woman with the issue of blood, it was a touch of a different kind. It was a touch of faith. And this was a cry of a different kind. This was the cry of faith, the call of faith. Hallelujah. Does it stir you up to talk about it? The call of faith, the cry of faith. And so then that caused Jesus to stand still and then commanded him to be called. And so they called the blind man and said, be of good comfort, rise. He called you and he casting away His garment rose and came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said to him, this is, this is the big moment, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the man calls out, this starts this whole thing happening, him crying out, Jesus stops. He says, bring him here, bring him here. So they get the man to him, the man standing in front of Jesus. He can't see him, but I'm sure he can sense how close he is to him. Right now he's still blind. And what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Asked him a question. What wilt thou that I should do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Well, what has the man asked for previously? Have mercy mercy on me. Is it necessary for Jesus to ask this question? It's pretty obvious. The man's blind. It wouldn't be too far-fetched to guess he wants to be healed of his eyes, right? Is it necessary for Jesus to ask such a question? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Oh, oh, class, this is so important. Why would Jesus ask this question? Because it's not up to him. He's not making the man's choice for him. He's not telling the man what to believe. Now, see, religion, religion says, well, the Lord knows best. And he'll just do for us what he knows is the best. And we just have to leave it in his hands. That's not what the Bible teaches. Why do you ask this question? The man standing there, after all the yelling, after I'm trying to shut him up, after Jesus stopping in his tracks, Jesus says, bring him here. They bring him here. It's obvious he's blind. Would you imagine, out of any of those people around there that you'd asked him, what do you think the guy wants? (laughs) What do you you think the guy wants? (laughs) He wants to see. Is Jesus slow? No. No. Let me answer that for you. No. Huh? Jesus confused about anything here. No. Then why did he ask this question? I, I want you to read the rest of it here. He said, uh, the blind man answered and said that I might receive my sight. Go to Luke's account. Uh, each one of these adds a little bit different word or way of saying it. Luke 18, Luke eighteen forty. Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Friend, get get rid of any preconceived religious notions and ideas and let the Word of God renew your mind. Let it renew your understanding. Why did Jesus ask him this question? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, what? Receive. Receive your sight. Exactly what the man said. Oh class, are you all watching? Yes, what did the man get? Exactly. What he said. Did Jesus make the choice for him? No. 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 Now you think about it, how many times did Jesus say according to your faith? Huh? What does that mean? We, we we've not let that get in us enough according to your faith not according to what I want not according to what I can do according to your faith and so you'll see that he did exactly what they they asked for, what they believed for what do you want? do I need to be specific Lord? well it's up to you (laughs) Come on, can you see that? Can you see this or not? And see, the enemy has confused most of the church into trying to give that responsibility to God. So, well, no, you know, the Lord knows best. He does. So I'm leaving it up to him. You can't. You can't leave up to him what he leaves up to you. You can't make him responsible for what he's given you a responsibility for. And so when he says, he brings the man, and the man's standing there. We know he's got some faith. He got excited when he heard about Jesus. He cries and calls out for the Lord. And so I'm sure he's thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm in the presence of a miracle. He's right here. And then the Lord says, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And so he said, I want to receive my sight. The Lord said, we'll receive your sight. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yes. Come on, y'all. Look it. <laughs> he said, uh, what, what, what wilt thou that I shall do for you? Verse 41. He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, somebody say exactly. Exactly, exactly. exactly what the man said. That's what Jesus ministered to him. Exactly what he said. Why would he ask him? Because it's not according to Jesus' choice. It's not according to the anointing on his life. If it's by faith of the individual, then it's going to be according to that person's faith. And that's why he said, as you have believed, so be it done to you. According, it, Are you hearing that differently now, class? According to your faith, not just according to faith, according to your faith, as you have believed. We might say, exactly as you have believed. What did that man get? Exactly what he said. Exactly what he said. And then the Lord said, it was his faith that did it. Your faith has saved you. And immediately, he received his sight. Same phrase three times in a row. Right? What do you want me to do for you? Receive my sight? Well, receive your sight. So, he received his sight. (laughs) Powerful and yet simple. But not God's choice. Not God's choice. Not Jesus' choice. Bartimaeus' choice. Class, are y'all with me? Most of the church don't believe this. They don't. Most of the church believes it's up to God. And that's why they keep begging. They just keep begging and begging and hoping that God will decide to do something. But is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he or not? Does he ever change? Doesn't need to. Perfection doesn't need to change. Right? He's no respecter of persons. He's not going to treat you differently from somebody else. He's no respecter of persons. So if Jesus, if you were in front of him today, Mm -hmm. hmm, and you would say, Lord, oh, you're here. You're here. You're here. You know what he would say? What do you want me to do? Would he? If he wouldn't say it, he's changed. Right? If he wouldn't say it to you, he's a a respecter of persons. Would he say the same thing today as he said then? He'd look at you and go, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And if you say, well, you know, just just whatever you want, Lord. (laughs) See, people think that that's humble, but uh, it's ignoring what he said in the word. Now, if you don't know the will of God, then you, uh, you need to find out. And that's why the scripture said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Uh, look in, in uh, Isaiah 7, or they'll put it on the screen for us, in Isaiah 7 and 9, do you remember that James said, you have not? Because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. And Jesus said on more than one occasion, he, t- he said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. If the Lord says ask, what does He expect you to do then? Ask. Tell Him you want to leave it up to Him? Well, Lord, no, I, I, I just want to leave it up to you. That's not being humble it can, it's actually being defiant. It's refusing to do what he told you to do. And there is this false humility junk that's associated with men's traditional religion. And the Lord doesn't like it. He does not like, he doesn't bless him that you imagine yourself that you're being humble when you when you're actively rejecting what he's telling you to do. Listen to, to what happened in Isaiah here. With King Ahaz, in Isaiah seven and nine, he said, "The head of Ephraim is Samaria; the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established." Verse ten. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, "Ask you a sign of the Lord your God? Ask it, either in the depth or in the height above." The Lord said, "Ask." He he wanted to do something in this situation, and so he tells Ahaz, he's the, who's the king of the people, ask me for a sign. Ask it as big as you can think. Ask it in the in, in as deep or as high as you can imagine. Ask me for a sign. Whew. Whew. <laughs> And Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. So, he's, he's being humble, right? No, he's being stupid. I'm telling you, God doesn't play games. If he tells you to ask, he's not secretly hoping you won't. <laughs> That'd be dishonest. Right? That's dishonest. God's not dishonest. He is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If he says, ask me, you need to be thinking about asking. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. And don't try to, you know, play games with him like this guy did. He said, I, I won't ask. I'm, I'm not going to ask. And I won't tempt the Lord. What are you talking about? Tempt the Lord. This is This is confusion. And he said, well, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? He aggravated God. God said, what do you mean? It's one thing for you to talk to people like this, but you don't know who you're talking to. You're trying me. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And he talked about the greatest sign that you could ever hear about. He could think bigger than anybody Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and you'll call his name Emmanuel. That's a sign. That's the greatest sign. But can you see when the Lord says, ask, then uh, he expects us to ask. There's the story of a uh, conquering king one time who had through great expense, uh, captured this city and this this area. And uh, they were celebrating the victory. And one of the young uh, uh, princes came in and said he had a request for the king. And and he said, uh, yes. And he said, uh, I'd like to request of you that you give me this city. (laughs) And man, everybody turned and looked at him and looked at the king and thought, what is wrong with this guy and the king paused and he said granted and everybody just about swallowed their food and choked and they thought what What?" and they looked around and they thought How? what just happened here and he said the magnitude of his request honored me what do you mean he asked big well he must have believed he could do big Right, he must have believed he was so big he'd hardly miss this city. Right, <laughs> he could just he could have signed this city. Well, is God big or is God big? So asking tiny little nothing request does it honor how God how big He really is or how great that He is? Now you don't want to ask something that's not real to you, but oh, I believe. Can you sense? that the Spirit wants to enlarge us on the inside. He wants to enlarge our scope and and our vision. He wants us to think bigger, more God-size. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the great revelation is that it's not up to Him. That's the thing most of the church is still stumbling over. Still stumbling over. Go back to Luke 18. I want you to rest your eyes on it again. Verse 40. When the man said, you son of David, have mercy on me. There was a tone of faith in that call. In that shout. Stop Jesus still in his tracks. Jesus stood. The other writer said he stood still. And commanded him to be brought to him. So we know the other writer said that even some of the same ones had been telling him to shut up. They changed just like that how fickle people can be. And they said, oh, oh, he's calling you. Come on, come on, come on. And so they escort him to Jesus. Now he's standing in front of the master. Is it all up to the master now? Class, I said, is it all up to the master now? I mean, the man has gotten to Jesus. He is in the presence of greatness. He is in the presence of glory. He is in the presence of miracle working power. It's all done now, right? No, it's not. No, it's not. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he saying that today? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Is he saying ask? Yes. Huh? Kind of like that phrase we just got through reading. Ask. And what if you say, oh, I don't want to ask. No. It's just, it's just up to you, Lord. It's it's just a no, it's not up to him. If he says ask, he means for you to ask. Look how quick it all happened. What do you want me to do for you? I want to receive my sight, Lord. Well, receive your sight then. (laughs) Your faith has made you whole today. And he received his sight. Oh, hallelujah. He received his sight and followed him glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. You know this is right. It glorified God. I said it glorified God. After all those years of begging and staying blind in a moment with a faith request. He's a seeing man. He's a free man. Can you say amen? Amen. Our time's up again today. Come back tomorrow. There's more to see here. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today